When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have a dog and his back is against the wall, the only way you can go is forward. This came yesterday from the noted philosopher Terrell Edmonds. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is an unusually uplifting episode of Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Steelers, 20 bucks, 18 And it was so much more thorough and satisfying and encouraging than that score might indicate. Because there were so many variables to this game not least of which was missing half of your starting defense to injury. And somehow, pretty much every one of those variables swung in the Pittsburgh direction. That's uncommon, but then so was the setting. The team being one and four, the team having been utterly emasculated the previous week by the Bills. The team having lost four in a row. The team hearing from everyone around town and actually around the entire Steelers nation that there needs to be seismic change. This player needs to go. That player needs to go. Matt Canada definitely needs to go. Like yesterday, Tomlin needs to go. Art Rooney's name started coming up in it. And it's not a place in which any of them could have felt comfortable. And that's good. I have long believed that this franchise has succeeded year after year after year in no small part due to the expectations. No, no, not expectations. The demands of the fan base, again, both in Pittsburgh and worldwide, wherever they happen to be. It's just not okay to suck if you're the Steelers. And that pressure, my friends, I can tell you unequivocally, got through. The funny thing is, though, I can tell you equally unequivocally that it didn't need to because it was already there. It was already in-house. Remember how Arthur Mallette blew up on a handful of teammates for smiling and even laughing on the sideline in that game against the Bills? And remember all the fuss that that caused and people talking about it all week long and Mallette having to explain himself, at least to some extent, without apologizing, but explaining what it was that he was trying to get across. Well, this was what Mallette told me after this game. We had to we had to prove to people that we we were Steelers defense and that's big ownership, you know, Um, what we put out there last week, it 
we had to, it was big plays that wasn't made. We'll get one-on-one down the field. You know, we took ownership on on being able to play good, still a defense and complimentary football on offense and special teams. And that's what we did, man. And we just got to keep our hand down and keep working, you know. Um, it's just one win. It's a nice win to have against the 12 over on the opposite side, right? But it's just one. We got to build from it and keep going. That's it. They needed to do this. They needed it as a group. They needed it in the standings, but they really, really, really needed it individually. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. It's funny, look at the names of the players who most rose up in this game. The dogs with their backs against the wall. What about Najee Harris? People were openly calling for him to be replaced by Jalen Warren. Tomlin himself hinted at such a thing in his press conference. Najee came through when it mattered the most at the end with some really, really hard runs. What about Chase Claypool? We were ready to bench him. All of us. Eh, maybe not all of us. I wasn't wild about it. But a lot of people wanted him benched for Miles Boykin or just on principle. Claypool had the game of his life. Of his life. What about Deontay Johnson? Didn't like what we've seen of him lately either, right? How hard did that dog fight yesterday? You see where I'm going with this? A lot of the Steelers' problems, yes, have been institutional. But we, all of us, are all too often guilty of sticking with the institutional or the coaches or whoever and not focusing enough on the individual players. Every single name I've given you so far is someone who should have been better through those first five games. Can we agree on that? How about Mitch Trubisky? Lost his job. Came into this one because Kenny Pickett got concussed and was really, really good. And had the place, like, hopping for him after that one long run on the final drive. Then there's Devin Bush. We've made his career DOA, right? And he made the play of the game. Told me afterward how he did it, too. I'm talking, of course, about the pass defense there on the two-point conversion when Tom Brady tried to hit Chris Godwin and Bush got his left hand in there, but did so not just acrobatically, not just athletically, but smartly. Bush told me that he'd been reading Brady's eyes. Brady does this thing where he looks off somewhere first and then finds his primary target. So eventually you get kind of used to not bothering with his initial look. Bush had determined that he was going to go to Godwin no matter what. Just something that he'd thought. And he stayed with Godwin, didn't leave him. And as Brady threw up what would have been a perfect ball to Godwin, Bush just got in there and made the play. Bush beat him. Bush beat Brady. And after that, Bush told me how much it meant to him. Said he he went into this game feeling like he had to be the guy. And that's kind of an interesting take or or an interesting thought process, I should say, because he's out there with Miles Jack, who's hardly been a weakness and wasn't again in this game. 
But he said it was more of a a general mindset thing, something that Tomlin had really stressed to them the night before in his speech to the players. And some of this will sound really cliched and boring and whatever, but it's, it's about your audience and it's about whether or not it resonates with them. And it very clearly did. Each one of them had to be the best version of themselves. And I'll say this again, through the first five games, not a lot of players were. And the only solution for that was always going to be to look squarely in the mirror when we come back. J1Q. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated Super Lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The Super Lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. And since everyone is undoubtedly so super stoked over what happened yesterday, I'm actually going to do a couple today. I haven't done this before, but there's just so much that you could talk about related to that game. And I always try to keep this show within that, that window where you can hear the whole thing whether it's driving to work or walking your dog or exercising or whatever. So whatever, it was a big deal. So just hang with me for a couple extra minutes today. We'll, we'll get these in here. The first one comes from Sean Glover, who asks, the play calling on offense seemed to be much better this week. Do you think that those duties have been handed off to someone else now? I love this. Oh, I'm sure it's still Matt Canada's offense, but it just seems to be more intelligent. You know what, Sean? I'm not going to lie. I had a similar thought, but mine came during the very first drive because there was some smart stuff going on out there. There was uh, intelligent, willful misdirection as opposed to just for show. There were routes that didn't look like, you know, the same curls that he has everybody doing all the time. There was a variety. There was a rhythm. And at the end, there was a wide, screaming open touchdown pass from Kenny Pickett to Najee Harris. And yeah, I'm thinking, you know, who tied up Matt Canada and locked him in a closet somewhere? And then the rest of the game happened. And whatever ingenuity occurred on the first drive never materialized again. Now, there are two teams out there. Todd Bowles is also a coach, and Tampa Bay also has players, and they did adjust, but not that much. And to see the Steelers go right back to plain old vanilla Canada crap, for lack of a better term, it, it kind of reinforced my initial skepticism about this. Not that someone took over the play calling 
But anyone who's familiar with football that's played at any level will know that the first series will be scripted, and it'll be scripted out to as long as 15 to 20 plays. So it does vary naturally when it comes to down and distance, but there's a script at hand. And that's clearly what we saw there. There was a script that might have involved other contributors or participants, after which they might have just said, okay, Matt, after that one, you can just go right back to all that goodness that you bring us. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I love this level of cynicism, though, when it comes to this subject. Canada had a rotten day. There's nothing about this. There's nothing about this outcome that makes Canada look any better unless someone could convince me that he scripted that first series himself. The other J1Q on the day comes from Gary O'Shell, who asks, I've got to wonder, DK, how many of those people who were boldly predicting, in no particular order, a disastrous loss today, a 2-15 and season, and a surefire top five draft placing are actually disappointed with this win. The narrative is everything to them. You know, Gary... I'm tempted to like bite back and say, oh, come on, man. Why are you focusing on something like this when it's, but you're actually right. We live in a time and I'm talking about anything but sports right now where this is rooted, where once you hear something and once your side has taken hold of it, that's it. It's done. Discussion over. It's a fact, even if it's completely wrong and you know it's completely wrong. You just stay on message and that's what it is. Uh, that, of course, is really front and center right now with politics. And, you know, here we are applying the same sort of dialogue to football and I really hate it. Look, the number of us, myself included, who incorrectly predicted yesterday's game is through the roof. There can't be 1% of the people who follow this team. And I'm talking about die-hard Steelers people who predicted that they'd win yesterday. Who cares? Man, predictions don't matter unless you're laying money on it, in which case that's your issue, not mine. What matters is the game and the outcome. And yeah, I do get turned off when I see people either getting all gleeful because the Steelers lost a game or because so-and-so was embarrassed or because this puts them one game closer to firing Mike Tomlin or whatever. Really? Really? It's your team. And if anything, the one thing that I'd hope they would have achieved yesterday is reminding you why they're your team. That was a very, very, very Steelers W, and I'm saying Steelers in the much broader context. And if you want to get narrower on that context, that was a very, very Tomlin win. Tomlin is not great at everything. I criticize Tomlin a lot for a lot of different things. But the one thing that I'll never doubt about him is whether or not he can get his team motivated, whether or not he can go around and poke each of the 53 guys on the roster and get exactly what he wants out of them. Well, 
with this one, to swing back to what I was talking about, the opening subject, this is this was arguably a little easy for him because there are players that are in position to lose jobs, to lose careers. If you're on a team that goes, what did you say there, Gary? Uh, two and 15? Not a lot of you are going to be back. Not a lot of you are going to stay gainfully employed in the NFL. And you can push that and you can make it a desperate time or what T.E. described as the dog who's backed against the wall. But it worked. Will it work again in Miami? Will it work again in Philadelphia? We don't know. But those games aren't the ones that they could have won yesterday. They won the only game they could have won yesterday. And they did it the only way that they could have. I appreciate both of these J1Qs. We'll do another show tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. 